This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 62-inch. On this week's episode, we kick off our celebration of the movie UHF with Spatula City announcer M.G. Kelly and Spatula wife Sherry Engstrom. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. I'm thinking of something orange. Something orange. Give up. It's an orange. Dave, what are you talking about? Okay, now I'm thinking of something blue. Something blue. I get it. This is episode 62-inch. And of course, 62 is a big, huge, gigantic, super important number in the movie UHF. So this whole episode is UHF themed. To celebrate our podcast reaching 62 inches and to celebrate the upcoming 31st anniversary of the release of UHF on July 21st, we put together some fun UHF-themed episodes. Our longtime listeners will remember last year, we celebrated the 30th anniversary of UHF by talking to Bob, a.k.a. Bobbo the Clown himself, David Bowe, on episode 12-inch and episode 13-inch. Plus, we also interviewed UHF composer John Dupre on episode 11 inch and susan mcnab who played the leggy mustached lead dancer from the uhf music video on episode nine inch and of course on episode 10 inch we had our first interview with john bermuda schwartz himself and that's where we talked about his role in the money for nothing beverly hillbillies asterisk music video as seen in uhf thank you so much for including that asterisk <laughs> and we had so much more UHF related content. And now we have even some more great UHF related guests this year to help us celebrate. This week, we're going to mainly focus on the iconic Spatula City commercial. That's right. This week, not only do we have the guy who does the iconic Spatula City voiceover from both the film and the UHF original motion picture soundtrack and other stuff, we also have Spatula Wife, one of the stars of that commercial. And that's not all. Later this episode, we are going to premiere our official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast parody of the Spatula City track. Oh, you are not going to want to miss that parody. I mean, this is not some cheesy parody that was recorded on a 39-cent cassette tape in our bedrooms. No, this is a full-length, professionally produced parody, and it even has some super special, top-secret guest appearances, which I am so, so excited about. But first... I'm hungry. I haven't had a bite in three days. I know. You should have a vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich from our friends at Burrito Burrito. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquare.com and at burritosquare on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. Wait, what were we talking about? You were saying how hungry you were. 
Right! And I suggested that you should have a vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich from our friends at Burrito Burrito. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Mexican... No, Ethan, 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 we already did that. Wow, you must really be hungry. Maybe you should have a vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich. You know, I would love one. They are so tasty, but I, I just don't know how to make one. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know how to make one either. Maybe there's a relevant message on our 347 spatula hotline that can help. Ah, here we go. This one should help. Maybe not that one. Maybe this one will help. Hey, everybody, this is Alex and Chris, the owners of Burrito Burrito. To celebrate the 62nd inch of our favorite Weird Al podcast, we wanted to share our top secret recipe for the perfect vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich. First, get yourself a vegan Twinkie. Then you slice that sucker a single way from Sunday, then insert your wiener. Rewrite, please. Gently insert your wiener to that piece of plant-based pastry perfection. Next, add Burrito Burrito's famous homemade vegan queso. And that's it. Unless you're a super fan like Dave and Ethan, do yourself a favor and do as Dave and Ethan do and deliver this delicacy to a delicious dairy-free drink and give it the diligent tip it so desperately deserves. Done. Al Rivaderci. Al Dios. I'll see you later. Thank you so much to Alex and Chris for that amazing spatula hotline voicemail. I cannot wait to make a vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich of my own. All right. Is it time to premiere our official parody of Spatula City yet? Nope. We have something else to premiere first. It's the official very first Gill and Chill theme song. Oh, how awesome. Now, if you're not aware what Gill and Chill is, we've been talking about it every single episode since episode 24 inch because we absolutely love gill and chill gill and chill that was a hashtag that we came up with while we were discussing with uh jeff who was our guest last week but he was also a guest on episode 24 inch where the three of us we came up with the top five definitive songs off of uhf original motion picture soundtrack and other stuff now while we were discussing the song Isle Thing, which is, of course, a parody of a wild thing by Tone Loke, we came up with the phrase instead of Netflix and chill, since the song is all about Gilligan's Island and watching it with your partner, Gill and chill. And we've just been obsessed with it ever since. <laughs> yes, we have that amazing Gill and chill artwork by Owen Watson, which we put on some merchandise, which you can purchase over at shop.2000inch.com. And of course, we always use the hashtag Gill and Chill on every single one of our posts. But up until now, we never had a Gill and Chill theme song. Our friend and listener Zeb Lemke recorded this amazing song all about Gill and Chill. And we are so excited for you to hear it. Gill and Chill.
catchy lyrics. It's so good. (laughs) And you may have heard on there special guest appearances by both Ethan and myself. And one of those yells is Allison Parsons screaming none other than Gill and Chill. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take me a while to learn all the lyrics to that song, but it's definitely going in my rotation. Dave, did you count how many times Gill and Chill is said during the song? Of course I did. It's the exact number of this episode, 62 inches. It was in there 62 times. Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm positive about that because I've listened exactly 2.296296296296296 repeating times. All right. I trust you. I trust you. (laughs) Huge thank you to Zeb. That song is so good, so catchy. It has been just floating around in my head ever since he sent that to us and... I'm just obsessed with it. (laughs) It's easily one of my top 27 songs about Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. All right, Dave. Now is it time to premiere our official parody of Spatula City? Almost, but we have two amazing interviews to get through first, and I have some UHF-related news to share. Ooh, what is it? Earlier this week, I got a text message from some of my friends who were doing a road trip across the U.S. They're going from New Jersey to South Dakota. Wow. They're going to spend a couple days in South Dakota. Well, this wasn't on their plans, but Monday morning, very early, I get a text, and they're all standing in front of the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. They went off the route just to visit (laughs) the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, and you do not know how jealous I am and how mad I am at them for not inviting me along yeah oh man we both need to go to that twine ball so bad dave unfortunately we haven't been yet but i really hope we can make it out there sometime soon yeah for sure we're definitely gonna have to make that road trip out there you know in the pictures that they sent me you know that you could tell like Everything is on this one street. Everything is all, you know, in this one area in Darwin, Minnesota. It's probably downtown Darwin, Minnesota. It's right next to the Twine Ball Inn, which is an actual (laughs) real place. And it's right next to that new sign that they put up. If you remember a while back, I think Al posted something about it. They have a street that they renamed Weird Alley. Yes! My friends, they took a drive down that street and they said there are actual houses on that street. So there are people living on Weird Alley. And I think that we have to make that a life goal of ours, Ethan, to eventually own a place on Weird Alley. Can you imagine putting your return address on mail and it saying Weird Alley on it? <laughs> that would be so amazing. And it would be extra weird if your name was Alley and then people are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should set up the official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast headquarters at 27 Weird Alley, Darwin, Minnesota. I love that. We definitely need to do that. <laughs> now, Dave, I know this is a special UHF episode, but you think it's okay if we share some non-UHF-related content? Yes, but only if it's related to the Weird Al Star Fund. Oh, Perfect! Our friend Polly Esther will be doing an online performance of her one-woman show, Pollywood, on Thursday, July 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be streaming on Facebook, and it is free with an optional donation. You should definitely support her and check this out. Now, Dave, we really wanted to see this when she premiered it last year in Florida, but of course, it was in Florida, and that is a little far for us. But now (laughs) is our chance to see it. In this one-woman show, she recounts her adventure of a lifetime that brought her face-to-face with her hero, Weird Al. 
All the way from Toronto to LA and back on a wing and a prayer, polyester finds herself and learns to keep going. Dave, it's got everything. It's got drama. It's got suspense. It's got humor. And it's got Weird Al. I am so excited to check this out. Thursday, July 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can head over to watch the performance at facebook.com slash fringe live stream. And, of course, you can find the event by searching Pollywood on Facebook. Oh, how cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. I definitely want to see that. It's all about her trip to L.A. for the Weird Al Star Ceremony. It's going to be very exciting. Now, in other non-UHF, non-Weird Al Star fun-related news... I'll allow it. Al is currently being considered for an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series for his performance in Work in Progress. Now, that is a Showtime show where he plays a boring, short-haired, sangria-loving, alternative reality version of himself. It is hilarious, and I know when UH Jeff saw that for the first time, he texted me, and he's like, Al deserves an Emmy for this, and it sounds like the steps are in motion to potentially get him nominated to potentially receive an Emmy for that amazing performance where he plays himself and it is just so, so funny. So if anyone hasn't seen that yet, check it out. It's an episode three of season one. Well, good luck to Al. I hope you get that nomination for the Emmy. And then I hope you win that Emmy. <laughs> one step at a time. Let's get him nominated first. <laughs> Now, we've mentioned this plenty of times in the podcast before, but if you are a fan of Weird Al and you're a fan of Jim West, you got to sign up for Jim Kimo West's monthly email newsletter. It's full of so much awesome information. Yes, this past newsletter, he finally revealed that his album, More Guitar Stories, is coming out on August 14th. Kimo says that stylistically, it is a slacky, new age, jazz, funk, Celtic, Americana, and Indian classical mashup. Whoa, that is going to be amazing. He also said that he's well along in the process of recording a second 2020 CD that it will be released in November. And he's also working on another project starting next month to be released in early 2021. The one in November is a follow-up to his Grammy-nominated album, and he's describing the 2021 release as ambient, peaceful Americana. And that's not all. In between all these full-length CDs, he's going to be releasing some cool singles, including a few cover surprises and new arrangements of older tunes. I would love for him to cover Money for Nothing so we can finally hear him play it the way it's supposed to be played. You know a song I would love to hear him cover? The official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song. That's a great idea. I would love to see what he does with that one. More big news from the past week. On Saturday, July 4th, of course, Independence Day here in America, Al released a brand new video for Hamilton Polka. As everyone knows and cannot shut up about, the Hamilton musical premiered on Disney Plus on July 3rd. Now, Al himself, he edited just the best parts together to match up with the Hamilton Polka lyrics for this video, and he released it the very next day. Ethan, do you think he, by chance, had an advanced copy of the musical? Hmm. Well, he is friends with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he must have gotten permission from Disney and Lin himself to put this together, but... 
No, I bet he did it all in one day. He was probably up all night watching the musical over and over and over again. Like pretty much the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Suzanne did post a photo of them watching it on their TV. So you can only imagine <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Plus, if you've seen the video, Dave, of course, Al just recorded all the clips from his iPhone off the TV. It's all really great and really <laughs> bad footage. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he was given the actual high definition footage. Right, yeah, it was clearly put together at the last minute. You know, it's oh I better do this before somebody else does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. I do love the Hamilton polka. I have never personally seen Hamilton and I don't have Disney Plus, which isn't helping it, but now I don't think I need to, now that Al has given me just the good parts. Yeah, I have also not seen Hamilton, but I think I pretty much get the gist just by watching this video. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> now, Dave, what do you think? Does this count as an official Weird Al music video? Ooh, good question. You know, I don't think it does. Oh, really? See, I think it does. Okay, let me tell you why I don't think it qualifies. All right. Because I do not consider those live sped up videos that he uses in the background of the polkas in concert as videos. And this is pretty much the same thing. Okay, that's true. I also wouldn't consider those sped up videos that play during concerts as true music videos for the song. But also, he's never actually released those and said this is a new video. So... It's kind of a different thing. He releases tons of stuff on his YouTube. I mean, if you consider that to be a music video, you're going to have to consider all those fake interviews that he put out and that tacky video that he did of the tour footage. And from the Red Rocks where he posted the Jackson Park Express and the Amish Paradise videos, you'd have to consider those official music videos as well. Well, tacky already has a music video and the one he posted it's a bunch of clips from different shows so that's more live footage to me and the same for jackson park express and amish paradise that's just live footage those are not exclusive music videos how can you say that the hamilton polka is not live footage it is clearly live footage it's not live footage from an al show because those videos you're talking about, Tacky, Jackson Park, Amish Paradise, those are videos that Al had shot of his live performance. But this is its own thing. It's out there. It's on Disney Plus, as everyone says. And Al got permission from Lynn. He got permission from Disney to take it, to cut it down, to put it into this thing. And then he released it himself. And it wasn't something that he performed live and recorded. So that's why I think it qualifies as a music video. I think you're really stretching it on that one, Ethan. I mean, if you're going to consider that, then why not just consider everything on Disney Plus to be a Weird Al video? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, Dave. I... <laughs> Listen, I don't think we're going to be able to come to an agreement on this one, Ethan. This is just, I feel very strongly it is not a music video. And I feel very strongly that it is. All right, so we need a tiebreaker. So what we can do is we can call in our resident music video historian who's been on the payroll for several months and we have yet to use. Oh, yeah, we have been paying them. Or we could just ask our intern Frank what he thinks. Ooh, yeah, let's just ask Frank. Hey, Frank, you've obviously seen the post that Al made and you've been listening to Ethan and I argue back and forth. What are your thoughts on the matter? Oh. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, me neither. I'm really thinking about this in a completely different way. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, when you explain it that way, it's so obvious. Okay, well, that's it. it is clearly settled. You agree, Ethan? Absolutely. Frank, thank you for spelling it out so clearly and being our tiebreaker. Dave, I feel really good about this. Absolutely. Hey, and speaking of Hamilton, a rumor just surfaced on an online Disney forum claiming that Disney is in talks with Lin-Manuel Miranda and Weird Al about writing and directing a new Hall of Presidents theater show. So yes, we are aware, but we're going to save any discussion and all of our excitement for when it actually comes from an official source. Now, don't forget, we have two interviews this week. And after that, we are going to premiere our official parody of Spatula City. Yes, let's do the first one. All right, who's up first? So first, we talk to Sherry Engstrom. She is the actress who portrayed Spatula Wife in the Spatula City commercial in UHF. And she was not easy to track down. She does not have a big social media presence or anything like that or a manager or an agent. So what I actually was able to do is I found a post online that her son wrote in response to something about UHF saying that his mom played the mom in UHF. <laughs> so I got in touch with her son and it took a while, but he finally got back to me and then he connected me to her. And it's been a few months going back and forth, but finally we got to speak with her and it was so much fun. We learned so much. All right, let's get right into our first interview. Dave and I are very excited to welcome to the program. You may know her as Spatula Wife from UHF. Please welcome Sherry Engstrom. How's it going, Sherry? I'm fine, thank you. Actually, uh, although I've noticed in some of the clips I'm listed as Spatula Wife, which I was, uh, and the character actually was named Spatula Lady. Oh! Originally. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow, so originally Spatula Lady, now Spatula Wife. So you've, you're upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Your character got married along the way. Okay. <laughs> what better way to say I love you? And the gift of spatula wife. <laughs> so, Sherry, what can you tell us about the whole process of getting cast for this? Well, I remember two or three, for such a small part, I remember two or three auditions. Uh, wow. And uh, so that was kind of an interesting experience. And I hadn't been in Oklahoma that long. We had been living in Singapore and um, been transferred to my husband's home office, which happened to be north of Tulsa. Wow. And um, so I got work. Uh, I have an MFA in theater, and so I got work that I could find uh, through an agent in um, Tulsa. Wow. So you had been doing theater work before you were casting UHF? Yes. Uh-huh. It was mostly theater. It wasn't any film or anything like that? Uh, n not until, um, uh, ironically, arriving in Tulsa, I uh, <laughs> had taught theater and uh, had been in um, a bunch of plays, but uh, that was, UHF was actually my only move film experience. And so you said it was three rounds of casting. Do you remember anything about the casting? Well, I remember that uh, at one of maybe the second audition that Al Yankovic set in, 
and um, I auditioned for a number of the smaller parts, and they I settled on on the spatula lady. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the other parts that you auditioned for? Oh, let's see. Um, there was, I think, in an, another commercial in the film where they had a young woman who was supposed to be acting surprised about something. I can't remember. Oh, maybe she was winning a contest, and um, you had to react in that situation. That's that's one character huh. I remember. Well, you obviously impressed them with your, your ability to use a spatula. <laughs> you, <laughs> you got cast as the spatula wife, right, or the spatula lady. Now, right. the other people that you were in there, like your, your husband and the kids, had you met them before you started shooting, or was that something? Oh, that no. Knew? I met them on the set. And can you tell us a little bit about that day? I mean, it sounds like it was a long day, because you're in a, quite a few scenes. You're in, you know, the kitchen scene. <laughs> yeah, such a short commercial, and yet <laughs> so many scenes. So we start off in the um, – we're in a house, of course, and um, they used a small house with a very small kitchen, and the very first scene is – where I'm looking for a spatula to get the cookies out of the oven. And believe me, this was this tiny kitchen was packed with so many people. I believe that the lighting, um, the lighting people had to stand on the kitchen counters wow. looking down on us. Wow. And, of course, they've got the sound man somewhere fitted in there and then the camera had to be pretty close up to fit in and uh get spatula wife and spatula husband <laughs> in the scene in front of the oven how many takes was a scene like that where you're you just have the one line oh i'm not not so many really yeah. and then we um you know of course you spend a lot of time waiting in your trailer for the next scenes to set up and uh, coincidentally, I happened to share my trailer with Kevin McCarthy because he had come in early to Tulsa, I guess, to watch what was happening. Mm -hmm. And he hadn't, uh, his trailer was not available yet. So I agreed to share my trailer oh, with wow. him. <laughs> Although we didn't have much conversation because I was mostly getting set up with hair and makeup and he was doing his own thing. But right. Um, that was the, that situation. So in the next scene, as I recall, we were in the living room now, and it's Christmas time, <laughs> and the children are there, and um, I, my present, I believe it's my present, is a brand new spatula, which of course I'm so thrilled to have, and. Um, <laughs> Then there's another scene where we've got in the also in the living room, and we have a couple for dinner, and I'm serving a dish, I don't know, maybe it's lasagna, and I'm using what my spatula, <laughs> and and the couple are so agog at that a beautiful spatula that I have, and at uh, some point. Um, we, of course, we are leaving the, the living room now. 
my family and I are all in a car and we're driving to where? Spatula City because <laughs> we need to buy a new spatula. And I believe the um, location was that they used for Spatula City uh, had actually been, um, you know, one of those big box stores and they just covered over the name uh, of that box store with the label Spatula City, <laughs> which we actually never really entered. It just looked like we were going to Spatula City, and and the kids were very excited about going to look for a Spatula. I mean, we're talking about high high drama here. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because, I mean, it looked like you, you know, I'm sure you were told to be really excited, you know, especially in the car. Your whole family was bouncing up and down while you were driving, you know, very excited. <laughs> so what kind of direction did you get? Was it just like be over the top or did they just let you kind of do what you felt was natural? Uh, I don't think there was really that much direction. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so it was just a, a short uh, note to we're excited about going to Spatula City and take it from there you've got a bunch of actors in the in the car so what are we going to do we're going to be excited and um, <laughs> that was it and so it was just one day of shooting and do you know about how long it took for me it was just one day yeah. so they really it was a long day and I think that doing the Spatula City scene was the very first filming of the movie. Oh, wow. And uh, at lunch break, I did meet Al Yankovic uh, after the shooting of the, because he was watching, uh, since it's his film, he obviously wants to watch all the filming. And um, after doing the living room scene with the Christmas, and there's a little bit at the end of the uh, scene, I believe, before they said cut, I've got my spatula, and of course, uh, until they said cut, you you come up with your acting, even if the dialogue is over. So I was doing a number of relationships with my spatula. I don't know what I did, but anyway, <laughs> at at lunch, uh, Al did come up and say I, he thought I was funny. Oh great! So, <laughs> wow, that's so, so great. that's what I can say about that day. I do know that I do recall that in the spatula commercial, they also included a a short clip of a couple who were getting engaged and something like that, yep. and they were they had a spatula introduced there <laughs> that they were of course admiring. <laughs> Did they let you keep any of the spatulas? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, too bad. <laughs> what What amazed me is that uh, in I've lived a number of places uh, and a few overseas, but when I was in the states, I did teach theater in a, a few schools, and I was amazed at how many uh, people, young people 
uh, had watched the film UHF. <laughs> so it was, it, it did continue to be a big hit. I bet you had no idea when you signed on to do the film that it would be one of those cult classics that everyone's seen. No, I certainly did not. <laughs> <laughs> Nor especially that there would be a podcast, what, some 30 years later <laughs> on Al Yankovic. Although, of course, Al Yankovic is enormously talented um, maybe maybe the movie wasn't a big hit, but certainly his talent is his music is a, a continuing inspiration for young people. Oh, absolutely. I'm curious. All these years later, do you remember what your lines were? Oh, I do because it was so short. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now. Here it is. Here it is, honey. Where's the spatula? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Did I get it? Did you I got get it. it? You, you got it. Still a pro. That's amazing. How long did it take you to learn your lines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to be two seconds. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. I really had a lot of fun. Have you ever been recognized as the spatula lady, like out shopping or something? <laughs> No. <laughs> Maybe if I'd lived, stayed in Tulsa, uh, the Tulsa area, I might have. But then we were transferred away and um, moved on to other fields. Mm, okay. <laughs> now I'm curious a little bit about like the the stuff that goes on in the background on a movie set. Like for example, uh-huh. I mean, you've had we said like four scenes at least in in this little tiny little thirty second or so clip, right? And in there, you've changed outfits three different times. You start out wearing like a, a pink uh, little blazer or something, then you switch into your green robe for the Christmas scene, and then you're back in the white outfit with, with your neighbors in the living room. Oh, you remember you know. better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to watch this film again. Uh, well, you know, as you, I'm sure you know, when you're filming, you spend most of your time in your trailer. You spend most of your time waiting because uh, it takes so much time. It's so complicated setting up the lighting mm-hmm. and the sound, um, and there's a lot of equipment to move around. And really, the the applause goes to the sound and lighting guys and the cameramen. Oh, for sure. I was really curious about the Spatula City billboard. Did you actually see that in town? My understanding is they really put one up. You know, I think I did. (laughs) 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 I'm sure for Tulsa it was a big sensation. (laughs) I mean, how many times did Tulsa get a film (laughs) made there? (laughs) Now, have you ever autographed a spatula? You send me one, I'll autograph it. <laughs> well, I'll probably have to send you two. I think Dave's going to want one, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and do you know offhand how many spatulas you do have in your house? <laughs> uh, maybe two. I don't know. Okay. Three. <laughs> you didn't buy nine to get the tenth for just one penny. You uh, <laughs> kept them modest. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> You did go and you did purchase your spatulas from Spatula City. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> my kids, especially my daughter, is a big fan of Al Yankovic. Oh, really? Yeah, she she memorizes all his, well, a lot of his lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> can sing a lot of his songs. Wow. So what does your daughter think of mom being in the cult classic UHF? 
Oh, they think it's very cool. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see UHF when it came out in the theaters? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to see yourself up on the big screen? Well, of, of course, watching it, I'm uh, I'm looking at it. Wow, is that Spatula City commercial so short? <laughs> it took so long to do. <laughs> you blink your eyes and it's gone. That was mostly my impression. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I was curious, at the end of the commercial, your friend or neighbor, whoever you're serving, says, My, what a lovely spatula. Did she deliver that line in person or was that dubbed in later? She does that in a scene, yes. Okay. And then I think that's where the the that particular scene was was clipped. And the very iconic wink that you and Spatula Husband do. How many times did you guys have to rehearse that? <laughs> I'm not very many, really. No, okay. You guys are good winkers. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> You still get together at all with your spatula family and celebrate Christmas and, you know, invite them over for lasagna and cookies? Uh, actually, I've, I've lived a number of places since, since uh, my Oklahoma years, yeah. and so I'd, I'd have to decline. <laughs> now, to add on to Dave's question, have you ever given or received a spatula as a gift? Oh, what a lovely idea! I should hand it to my <laughs> to my children. Uh, oh, you know, now that you've brought that up, oh my goodness! Now I know what to give my children for stocking stuffers next Christmas. Spatulas, <laughs> I love it. Oh, Thank that's you. great! Yes. <laughs> They would get a big kick out of that. And you could even autograph it for them. Oh, yes, I can <laughs> autograph them. <laughs> they can put it on their mantles <laughs> when they get them. Wonderful. <laughs> Sherry, are you still doing acting or in plays? Well, you know, as of, I live now in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, where my husband and I are retired. And, uh, you know, once you're a in theater, you never, it's, it, you live it the rest of your life. So I am involved in the community theater here. Um, and a couple of years ago, I played an aunt in a, in a play that I had actually played the young ingenue, oh, what, 35 years ago. <laughs> so that was kind of odd. The name of the play, I'm sure you'd remember it was made into a movie, and I can't think of it. Uh, oh, The Children's Hour, the play by Lillian Hellman, The Children's Hour. Hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, oh. but it was made into a film probably in the 80s with Audrey Hepburn playing the lead and Shirley MacLaine. And so that was so interesting to, to uh, do a play where I... As a young person, I'm playing the ingenue, and I'm looking as you study the character and the world of the character, you're seeing it from a young person's eyes. But now playing the aunt, who wasn't really a very nice person, I'm seeing the world from an older person's point of view, the world of the play as an older person, and I, I 
uh, it's fascinating how you experience the moment uh, in a much different perspective. Mm -hmm. That was the last thing for me to do uh, most recently. When we lived in Singapore, and this was a number of years ago, and that was before I did UHF in Tulsa, uh, when I was in Singapore, I actually did a lot of theater. The, the people of Singapore, although they ha speak five national languages, the business language is English, and they have a long tradition of English theater. So I did a lot of theater, and I did two musicals there. I wow. played Laurie in Oklahoma. Can you believe Oklahoma <laughs> oh, <wow>. and Singapore? <laughs> and then later... And then you moved uh, to Oklahoma. <laughs> well, before that, I played Marion the Librarian in The Music Man in Singapore. And then we got transferred to Oklahoma. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was, a, it was quite a different world. Do you have any other memories from your time doing UHF that you want to share? You know, I think that I've explored most of my one-day experience <laughs> uh, <laughs> in Tulsa in that little house. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed working with the people. I uh, And my movie husband was lovely. Right. He also <laughs> has an MFA in theater, as I recall. Wow, cool. What an awesome experience. I'm so glad that you were able to do it all those years ago, and I'm so glad you were able to recount it to us today. <laughs> Well, it's certainly a walk down memory lane, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I want to wish you the best with your podcast, and I'm going to have to look that up and follow you guys. Thank you so much to Sherry for joining us. She was such a sweet woman. I loved getting to talk to her. Now, Ethan, if you remember back on episode 10 inch, we talked about when Vicky and I went to Tulsa and did the tour of all the UHF locations. Yes. Maybe we should hit up Tulsa when we go to the Twine Ball in Darwin. It's a little bit out of the way, but we can make a stop there. <laughs> well, one of the stops that Vicky and I stopped at, we actually stopped at the place where the exterior for the Spatula City commercial was shot. You know, that big warehouse yeah. that Sherry mentions, you know, that the big box store warehouse where they put the big Spatula City logo over top of it. We stopped there at the actual one and we went into it and it's a real store. And in there, they were actually selling spatulas. Whoa. <laughs> Vicky and I, we went in there. We bought nine spatulas. Of course. Did not get the 10th one for a penny. But we did pick up some spatulas there. So I actually have some of the spatulas from the official spatula city. And I'm thinking that that would be the perfect spatula for Sherry to sign. That is a great idea, Dave. Now, you have nine of them. Maybe you could spare one for your old buddy, Ethan? I could probably spare one for my old buddy, Ethan. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> it's going to cost you, but I can definitely spare one for you. I'll give you a penny. Sold. <laughs> now, there was another spot that we actually stopped on that Sherry mentioned in her interview. And Vicky and I, we drove by the actual house where they filmed the Spatula City, the kitchen scene and the living room scene. The actual <laughs> house. That small with the, the small kitchen that she was talking about in the interview. Wow. That house. We drove past it. Did you check out the kitchen? Is it really as small as she was saying? You know, I don't know because Vicky would not let me go up and ring the doorbell. Oh. as much as I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's in the middle of this residential area. I mean, it's it's like really like deep in this residential area. I do not know how whoever was scouting locations for UHF found this place, but you know, it was like it was in a very residential area. It was probably about five o'clock at night when we got there. So everyone was coming home from work. All the neighbors were pulling in their driveway. And I think Vicky was a little embarrassed and was like, <laughs> she wouldn't even get out of the car. I got at least got out of the car and I made her take a picture of me holding the spatulas in front of the house. So I have that memento. But if I ever go back, maybe with you on a road trip, we can actually ring the doorbell and go in and check and see the kitchen in the living room and see if they still have up their Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe since we have the address, we can send them some spatulas to sign too. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how often they get requests to sign spatulas. Well, Sherry's never gotten one, so I doubt the people who live in the house, I doubt they even know that they live in the Spatula City commercial house. <laughs> we should interview them sometime. Speaking of interviews, our next one is so cool. We got to talk to the actual announcer from Spatula City. We are here with the voice from the Spatula City commercial and a disc jockey for many years on LA radio, M.G. Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hey, Dave, Ethan, how you doing? We're great. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. So should we call you MG or the full MG Kelly every time? What's the... Yeah, just MG. Yeah. MG. On <laughs> <laughs> a first initial basis, this is great. <laughs> See how close we are already? I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so now Spatula City is one of the most iconic scenes in the UHF movie. Every Weird Al fan knows this little clip. <laughs> And you are the voice of Spatula City. Spatula City! Spatula City! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How did that come to be? How did you become the voice of Spatula City? You know, I I don't know exactly how it came to be. I'm trying to remember right to 1989. I'm trying to remember what I had for breakfast. (laughs) Right. Uh, But uh, I showed up at the studio, and a studio in Hollywood, and we're going to do this movie called UHF, and and I walked in, and uh, the rest of the cast and people that were there that were part of the uh, the scene that I was doing, they'd actually already shot the video. Oh. So I was, you know, I was reading the picture. So I saw this crazy picture of these people doing this thing on, you know, going to the spatula store. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I walked over to Al and uh, introduced myself, and we, we talked a little bit. And uh, I said, what do you want from this, you know? And he goes, well... And Al, it was really funny because he 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 struck me as being a very shy guy. He was he's very, he was very meek and very mild and everything. He goes, well, let's uh, let's go in the studio and and we'll try a couple things. So we go in. I stand in front of the mic and he goes, I was thinking something like Spot to the city, Spot to the city. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I jumped through the roof. I go, who is this guy? Where did he come from? <laughs> and. Uh, it was pretty much that from there, you know. So uh, I took off and did the, uh, you know, the, the basic uh, DJ thing on it, and right. then, uh, <laughs> just just had a ball with it. I probably wasn't there more than an hour or so. Wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, but it was it was great. It was, it was really great to be a part of uh, such a cult film. I've done three cult films in my life. The UHF being one. Uh, the other was uh, J Men Forever. I don't know if you know anything about that one. Phil Proctor, Peter Bergman. Hmm. Uh, it's, okay. a, it's a pretty crazy movie. And uh, the other one was Lobster Man from Mars. <laughs> you know I mean? So, you know, those are, those are the three cultures I have. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
in the studio, you were there for an hour. So Al was there. Were you guys trying different variations? Like, was it a pretty typical process for voiceover work? Pretty much. You know, I think uh, by looking at the picture, I had a, kind of an idea on what he would want. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did a couple of takes and he goes, oh, that's, that's great. That's great. We'll see you later. Back to the city. (laughs) (laughs) So I understand you guys told me before we started the show that he plays this at at the end of his concert sometimes. Yeah, sometimes in between his songs, he actually plays video clips and he'll play video clips from UHF as well as some other stuff he's in. And he plays occasionally he'll play Spatula City up on the screen. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's that's fabulous. That's great. MG, when you went in to record, were you aware that it was going to be on the soundtrack as well? Uh, no, I had no idea until, <laughs> until the residuals started coming out. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, I mean, it wasn't wasn't your standard residual. I, I got paid in spatulas. Right. <laughs> and actually, you know what? Actually, I had to buy nine and I got the tenth for a penny. That's what it was. <laughs> That's so, a great deal. You know, <laughs> So about every uh, you know two years or so, I get a box of spatulas and I uh, and I just send all a thank you note. And I, say, <laughs> <laughs> I think you need a new agent. <laughs> they do that deal. <laughs> I know. Did not negotiate this well at all. I don't know. <laughs> Al, if you're listening, uh, I'm tired of the red ones. Can you send a couple of white ones? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, something that I've noticed with Weird Al fans is a lot of people love getting a spatula signed by Al. Have you signed any spatulas? Uh, No, I haven't, because I find out that it comes off on the eggs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I... uh... I haven't had any requests to sign any spatulas, but boy, that would be an honor. <laughs> uh, well, if you would sign our spatulas, we'd love to send them to you. <laughs> if you'll send me a couple of spatulas and, uh, and provide I don't get them mixed up with mine, right. I'll, I'll sign them. Shoot, oh, for sure. Right back to you, no problem. <laughs> Using that poison sharpie, you know. And, uh... So how many spatulas in your kitchen do you actually have? I uh, Wow. I'll be right back. Okay. So, <laughs> I think probably three or four, but, you know, um, yeah, maybe, maybe three or four. Let me ask the wife. How many? Uh... Oh, she's not there. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever given someone the gift of spatula? No, I have not. What a shame. Boy, I really missed the boat on that, you know? <laughs> i got to tell you. <laughs> Hey, by the way, I just want to we get a little plug in here. Uh, this year is my 50th year in radio. Wow. That is oh, so wow. cool. Everybody's first thought on that was, man, he's really old. But <laughs> I started when I was three years old, so it, it really works out all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A prodigy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still, still doing it. Still doing it. Still on the air with about uh, five different uh, syndicated shows still going. Yeah, that's amazing. I did want to ask you a little bit how you did get started in announcing and radio and what shows you are working on. So you segued into that perfectly. Wow. If you want to go uh, that far back, okay, 1970, uh, I was a junior in high school. And uh, I lived in a little town called Theta, Oklahoma. It was a population of about 10,000. Uh, they had two radio stations there. So I went to the first one and I said, I like they make an audition. You know, voice hadn't totally, <laughs> hadn't totally changed yet. 
Nothing's dropping here yet. Anyway, so uh, did the audition tape, and they said, uh, uh, you're going to have to uh, try something else. This is not for you. I said, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So I went to the other radio station, and they had a television station, too. And I said, well, we don't have anything now, uh, you know, to get on the air with. You can pull cables behind the television cameras for the uh, news guys. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I was really willing to do anything at that point. I mean, you know, they were paying me a big dollar uh, sixty-five an hour at that point. So I did that for about, I think, probably eight to ten months. And I kept going to the studio and uh, making audition tapes, audition tapes, and this and that. And then uh, one night, the all-night guy called in sick, and they couldn't get a hold of anybody to take his place. <laughs> so I said, uh, I can do that. So I went on the air and from midnight to six and stayed there for about, I think about a year and a half. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then from there, we're there to KOMA in Oklahoma City, from there to uh, yeah, Chicago, Minneapolis, Cleveland, and then on to Los Angeles, where I started with uh, KHJ in 1974. And I was 21 years old when I was youngest to hit KHJ. And uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, between 74 and 78, to be the highest rated radio personality in Los Angeles during that time. So it worked out pretty well. That's amazing. All from this kind of fluke thing. Yeah. I, started. I love that. <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do at yeah. an early age. It was just trying to get somebody to let me do it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> And then, you know, from the radio led to films. Uh, my first film was uh, the Streisand movie, A Star is Born, 1976. It's such a huge played, film. Yeah, it was a big film. I played uh, Baby Jesus, the uh, protagonist <laughs> in the film. Uh, <laughs> and then um, after that, I did uh, The Enforcer with Clint Eastwood. I played a priest, wow. Buddy Holly story, and a few others. Then I went to television and did a lot of episodic television. Uh you know, the things that were happening back then, Too Close for Comfort, Fantasy Island, Love Boat, all the MASH, all those things that were going on back in those days, you know. And, but all along the way, I kept going with radio because uh, it was like, don't, don't don't quit your day job. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's been it, uh, it's been very good to me. And so I you know, owe a lot to uh, owe a lot to the business, that's for sure. And a lot. Have you, in your career, ever played Weird Al songs on your shows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was on Kiss FM. Yeah. Um, I played the Beat It. <laughs> yeah. Which was actually Beat It. And, <laughs> and uh, I, it, I do believe, was that his first... Was that his first knockoff? I think I think it was, wasn't it? The first one to really hit on a, a national level. Yeah, the first yeah. One, that, yeah, that hit major. I mean, you know, I would play, literally, I played the Michael Jackson beat it and then play eat it right behind it. Make, you know? <laughs> I got oh, to the no. point where I was cutting them together, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, cutting them together. So it'll be one first for Michael, one verse for Al back and forth. Oh, that's oh, amazing. Man. I love, I love that. that version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was good fun. I'm telling you anyway, but uh, yeah, it, great stuff. Uh, it was uh, good to be a part of that film and uh, I'm glad it's still going strong. It is such a cult film. It is amazing. You know, just, uh, you, you say that, you know, those three letters to anybody, uh, except millennials, they don't know what UHF means. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, barely know what cable TV means, you know. That's so true. <laughs> but uh, You know, I was wondering, did you go to the premiere? Was there anything else with UHF after that session? I did go to the premiere, yes. And uh, no, did I do anything else? No, I don't think so. Not, not with Al. Uh, 
I had moved away and I was working in Canada for a while and then also in Australia and, and England. So uh, after that period of time, I missed I missed quite a bit of stuff. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see him again. Definitely got to check out his concert. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember anything about the premiere? Was there anything unique about it? Well, the entire cast was there. There were quite a few celebrities. I'm trying to remember exactly who I couldn't probably nail that exactly. But uh, it, uh, it it was great. Of course, Al was there and he was all decked out in this this, this crazy outfit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just, uh, the audience went nuts. It was, you know. You know, it's like, you know, I almost equate it to like a, like a movie airplane. I mean, it's so offbeat and, you know, airplane was one of the funniest movies I think ever. Yeah. And, and how, you know, captivated that type of, uh, you know, that type of crazy humor and put it in there and it just went nuts. The timing was, was everything on that. It was really everything. MG, we're so happy to talk to you. We can find more information on mgkelly.com and... Where can we listen to your various radio programs? I'm on about 150 radio stations, but if you, they're all over the country. And yeah. of course, internet and, and England, Australia and places like that. But if you go to mgkelly.com, you can actually hear, hear the shows that I'm doing. That way, oh, nice. can read all about my boring stuff. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, guys, I, listen, I got to go because they've got a big sale. It's special city, special city. I want to get down there before it. It's over. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for talking to us. <laughs> thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. How awesome was it that we got to speak to the actual announcer for Spatula City? Spatula City, Spatula City. <laughs> All right, Dave, I think it's finally time for us to premiere our very special parody of Spatula City. Spatula City, Spatula City. Now, we've been working on this for a long time, at least seven or eight months, and finally it's come together, and finally it's ready for us to premiere. I am so excited. I've been waiting for the premiere of this for, like you said, months. I'm just so really excited to finally get it out for everyone to listen to. And here it is, the world premiere of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Spatula City parody. There's just one place to go for all your Weird Al needs. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. A giant selection of quality content for every occasion. 2,000 to choose from, covering news, music, and more. And because we only listen to Weird Al, we can record all our episodes factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to hear Weird Al superfans at a fraction of retail cost? Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Subscribe for nine months. Get the 27th month for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great weasel stomping presents. And what better way to say, I love you, Weird Al, than subscribing to our podcast. David Evans 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Hello, this is M.G. Kelly, friend of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. I like their podcast so much, I recorded this promo. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. We're in the yellow pages under Weird Al. My, where did you get that lovely podcast? This whole podcast is about Weird Al. And that's all. I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> it is not the world premiere to our ears, Dave. I have probably listened to that a million times by now. It is just so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now, of course, you guys probably recognize that was M.G. Kelly, the actual announcer from the original skit. He also 
is the announcer in our parody. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to the original Spatula City in a while, that is a line-for-line line parody. You could pretty much match them up and listen to them at the same time in different ears and hear it. It is the best. It came out just as we imagined. It came out better than we imagined. That's true. <laughs> so to start, Dave, you and I, we wrote the lyrics. We labored over these probably for hours, which is crazy because it's only like a minute long. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I As I was thinking about you know what we did with this, it reminded me of that New York Times Magazine article where Al would have versions and versions of <laughs> you know, different lyrics. You know, that's pretty much the process that you and I went through with this. We just had like notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full of alternate lyrics for this parody. Yeah. And we wanted it to you know match the right rhythm. And we made the decision since it goes... Special City, Special City. Instead of the echo, we had to fit in David Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast. We didn't want to neuter the podcast name. We wanted to get the whole thing in there. So I'm really happy with how it was able to fit in there. Oh, MG Kelly was so great throughout this whole process. He, of course, as soon as we suggested the idea to him, he was like, great. He was right on board with it and graciously recorded the words for us. And he even improvised a few pieces that did not make the final edit. Yes, maybe you'll hear them eventually. Definitely stay tuned and subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> of course, you heard Ethan and myself there at the end, but there was also another very special guest that appeared on this parody. That's right. When we were discussing the ending, we knew it had to be a distinct female voice to deliver. My, what a lovely podcast. And so who other to get than world-famous voiceover artist Lisa Popeil? She delivered that line perfectly. When I first heard it, I was amazed. I was like, this is perfect. She couldn't have done it any better. <laughs> now, we also couldn't have done this without Bermuda's help. That's right. Bermuda, he loved the idea so much that he sent us the original, previously unreleased instrumental to Spatula City. Just hearing that was so cool. And then getting to add our own lyrics and stuff to it was just incredible. And we couldn't have done that part without the help of Christian Portwine, as heard on the Dr. Demento show, as he is a band member of Ethan Christian and the Eligible Spatulers. And he is the one who cut it all together for us. He is an amazing sound engineer, works for Activision, and he was gracious enough to put it all together, you know, speed it up so it matched the original perfectly. Thank you so much, Christian. You did a great job. It sounds amazing. Now, what was really interesting when we we're editing it together, there was actually a little bit more instrumental in what Bermuda sent than in the track from UHF original motion picture soundtrack and other stuff. So a little bit of it had to be trimmed and there was a little bit that actually had to be duplicated in order to match the original track. Another fun fact is that our intern, Frank, he was originally supposed to sing the ending, but right before it was time for him to record his part, he ended up getting this really nasty paper cut. So Ethan and I, we heroically lent our voices to the parody at the last minute and we completely saved the day. It's been a grueling journey for him and his family these past few months, but we're happy to report that Frank has made a full and complete recovery from the nasty paper cut. Well, that's good news. Thank you for sharing the update on Frank. You know that each week we can bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito and our amazing Patreon supporters like Javier, Cat, and so many more. 
Patreon helps us pay the bills and ensures that we can continue doing what we love, and that's making fun, family-friendly, entertaining, Weird Al podcasts, and amazing parodies for you. Please join us in thanking all of our supporters over at patreon.com slash 2000inch for making this podcast possible. And please consider joining our Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. We have some more fun and exciting stuff coming to our Patreon in addition to the secret episodes and everything else that's already there. And that includes downloads of the two songs we world premiered on this episode, the Gill and Chill theme song and the Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Spatula City parody. Plus, we have cool physical exclusives for Weird Al collectors coming soon. Ooh, how exciting. Physical exclusives. That sounds really intriguing. Another way you can support this podcast is by purchasing merchandise from the official David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise shop. Head on over to shop.2000inch.com and you can pick up all of our great Gill and Chill line of products. Get your official David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise in time for the 31st anniversary of the release of UHF in theaters. <laughs> Thanks again to M.G. Kelly, Sherry Engstrom, Lisa Popiel, John Bermuda Schwartz, Christian Portwine, Zeb Lemke, Allison Parsons, and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and thanks to everyone who follows at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to join our Facebook group by heading on over to group.2000inch.com if you have not already. Do your part and tag fun, weird Al, or podcast-related posts on social media using hashtag 2000inch, and we love this one, hashtag gill and chill. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. Make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we love it when you leave us voice messages via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, just like our friends at Burrito Burrito told us how to make the vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. It's very easy to remember, and it's very UHF-themed, and it's very themed to this episode. Our podcast hotline is 347-SPATULA. If you are listening now, then you already know how to find us, but do yourselves a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or the podcast app of your choice and hit that subscribe button. That is the only way you will not miss a single episode. We are so excited to continue our celebration of UHF next week, so be sure to tune in and get your vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches ready. That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 62 in... Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. For you ladies, you'll love Dave and Ethan because their voices are real sexy.